This is Hot Pocket, and you're listening to Southern Fry Philosophy. We want to say shout out to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Blue Collar Cycle Shop, and our new sponsor, Operation Decisive Victory. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's our take on life, liberty, and say it with me, the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listeners, might be getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from our beautiful blue-collar bunkers right here in beautiful Concord, North Carolina. We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to our starting lineup. Manning the chat and the video, it is Magic Man. Hey, y'all. At the control booth, our producer, Brian. Hey, guys. I, of course, be your host, Biggin, and how about you? And across the way is the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him better as Mojo. <laughs> what happened this week? <laughs> we went from, like, having to wear a sweatshirt in the mornings, maybe a t-shirt in the afternoon, to wear my sequin thong in the afternoons because it is hot as Hades out there today. I don't know about you guys, but it's hot. Do the sequins help with the heat, like to like reflect some of the heat away? I usually wear it in reverse for my pleasure. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Appreciate you guys tuning in for the uh, episode here on Facebook Live. Also, uh, you can catch us on the YouTubes. Go to our website, southernfriedphilosophy.com something we're very proud of we partnered up web webmerize uh robert has done a fantastic job uh building our website um has our playable links on there suitable for work except for when i speak and they usually probably just do a redacted version for that website i haven't actually listened to the website but it's probably like an fbi cia dossier where they redact all my audio Mm -hmm. which is cool because, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, also, you can go to our Facebook page, which if you're watching us live tonight, you can find us there, Southern Fry Philosophy. Um, wherever you listen to your podcast, just go there, search Southern Fry Philosophy in the old magnifying glass icon. Um, hit subscribe, give us a like, give us a, uh, a rating, a review. That's how we move up in the old algorithms. Most importantly, if you, most importantly is if you like our show, please share this show. Share it on the Facebook, share it on the YouTubes. Um, the Chinese hackers, if you're out there, you're more welcome to copy our stuff and pass it out to your population in a uh, foreign language. That's cool with us. Um, Absolutely. Just give us a little bit of credit. That'd be great. Um, also, you can find us on the Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. Um, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. We need a spinoff show called Szechuan Fried Philosophy. <laughs> That would be delicious. Hey, our uh, special guests, we have Billy and Andy from Warehouse Distillery. They're going to be on our next show. And then following that, we have a special Operation Decisive Victory episode. It's going to be earlier at 6.30 p.m. We're going to have a bunch of guests, and that story you will not want to miss. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Also, if you uh, would do us a favor, Mojo asks to share our episodes. Please tell somebody about the the show. We've got to get our numbers up. Um, So we would really appreciate it. Please just 
spread the gospel of Southern Fried Philosophy. We would appreciate it. Uh, and also, you can do us another favor by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, Producer Brian said we need 100 to get the special channel thingy. Yeah, we get our name instead of the gobbledygook that's up there right mm. now. This show sometimes feels like gobbledygook. I'm still suggesting that one of y'all needs to bite the bullet and start a Minecraft channel. Evidently, if you do Minecraft uh, or toy opening videos on YouTube, then you can make majillions of. So if you go and you buy toys at like Walmart mm-hmm. and you take them home and you video open them, mm-hmm. open them, show them what it is. And then you like tape them back together and go back to the store. Like you can just return them. Right. I, I think that's probably what, most of these YouTubers do until they get big right. where the, you know, the people just send them toys, but I think I it's think the ad revenue. Yeah. I think what would be funnier is if you just go to Walmart and just start opening toys and video. Oh, do that. it live in the mm. store. TikTok. Yeah. Like why in the, the store, store on the aisle. Why didn't we take advantage of that during the looting? Yeah. We could have made a million TikTok videos right there. Look at this new uh, <laughs> princess uh, pack. Here. <laughs> it would be a good show. A uh, bit would would be we get a toy and we just try to figure out what the heck it is. <laughs> like, what is this thing? Oh. I have no idea. I, that, that's kids, probably like it's right? probably like watching an IKEA instructional video on how to put their furniture together. That'd be yeah. There's a channel for you. <laughs> we, my wife and I, we almost got a divorce the first like year and a half that we were married because we were trying to put IKEA furniture together. It was awful. We decided at that point, I don't care how poor we are, we're going to pay somebody to do this. Yeah, this we built a desk it. like our first week of marriage. I built this desk, actually. It was terrible. It was a terrible time for our <laughs> relationship. Does anybody have a successful, we built this and we, we closely bonded over putting together Ikea furniture? Probably not. Yeah, Probably I can not. say we built this, but I can't say we closely bonded. Right. <laughs> like, like you see people, you see people walking out of Ikea so happy, and then, like, 24 hours later, they want to kill each other. Speaking of funny news, did you see the guy who just got arrested on felony charges for uh, in IKEA for actually putting down um, uh, the chrono, uh, the appropriate arrows to the IKEA to show them like the you know the proper like this is the, the way exit. you go exit. And he, anyway, he just mapped in an elaborate the uh, an, an elaborate elaborate labyrinth. Where they could not find the exit, so people were wandering around for hours in IKEA. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god! They arrested him, charged him with a felony. So I do that when the arrows are right, like the, when they're mm-hmm. correct. It still takes me hours to get out of there. I, you know, I, I I don't even make it into the home part. I just usually stop at the cafeteria and eat the Swedish meatballs. Meatballs, yeah. There you go. berries. I think some of my finest work. I did a live tweet while I was going through IKEA. And this was a while back on my Twitter. And I, honestly, it was some Twitter gold. So, you know, look me up on Twitter. Oh, go back. I, I, I was following that. Yeah. It was, I read along that. Yeah. I thought it was good stuff. I thought I did some strong work. Yeah. Your wife was very pleased with you. Oh, she was not that day. <laughs> Speaking of strong work, uh, hey, if you have your own podcast and you, wanted, you want somebody to help you get it up and get it rolling, oh, boy, you can have a joke there. Um Talk to our producer, Brian, at headlines at SFP Radio. Shoot him an email. Say, hey, I, I can start a podcast or I need some help, I need some direction, and he can help you out. We would appreciate that. Also, if just in case you don't know, he has his own podcast of just wacky news, SFP Headlines. So make sure you like, subscribe, and do all the stuff that you're doing for us. 
do it for him. So it's it's a great show. Appreciate that. Uh, listeners, y'all, I've asked you for three weeks. We're trying to get our RV uh, board set up, our, our RV map of all 50 states, and we're still struggling with New Hampshire, Vermont, North Dakota, Wyoming, and Alaska. Evidently, those people don't like us. I don't know what it is, and we don't have anybody that that, w- that listens to the show knows people in those states. So I don't think they have internet there. I don't know what we're going to do. We need to do a maple syrup episode, and then we'll get at least half of those. I like it. We'll just, whatever their state is known for, we'll just do an episode of that. Yeah. Mm. Bears, we'll get their other three, I think. So, New Hampshire, so Vermont, we're going with the the maple syrup episode? Or communism. Or Ben and Jerry's. Okay. What's in North Dakota? Meth. No. Okay. Uh, In uh, Native Americans. Oh. Oil. I think. A whole lot of nothing. Canadian refugees. Basic. Well, that's not true, producer Ryan. Because if if hmm. we had to tailor a, a whole show about nothing, we would be. That's what we do every time. So mm. that's like that's Seinfeld. not liable. Um, I don't know. Alaska. I mean, we've got snow. Bears. Bears. <laughs> bears. Uh, Alaskan bush people. Those yeah, can we get one of those people on oh, a podcast, good. like the like people that live in the frontier of Alaska and alone with like their dogs or something? Like again, they don't have internet. That's crazy. They have electricity, they just don't have internet. Maybe. <laughs> How are we going to do an interview? Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, there goes that. I'll work on that. All right, uh, uh, all right. So I'm going to ask you, like I ask you every week, how you been doing? Magic man, Magic. how you doing? <laughs> I be doing good. Glad that tomorrow's Friday. You know, we do this for, for everybody that's listening. We do this recording on Thursday evenings. It's been a week, man. It's been a week. This job is like starting to kill me. It's a good one. I'm I'm blessed. I'm appreciate appreciate that I have this job. But man, whew, this project I'm working on is who? Yeah, I got like I normally will have two beers with this uh, recording. I've, I have three sitting right here. So you know, a boy. Yeah, man. Get her done. It sounds like uh, Ric Flair with a... Speaking of Ric Flair, uh, I went to a Carolina Panthers game like in 2002 or something, and Ric Flair did like the pre-announcement kind of thing. Mm -hmm. At the very end, he said, you know, I forget what he said, but the very end he did the four horsemen thing, the woo! I swear you, that entire stadium did the same, like... Followed him. I did the same thing. I sure. believe it. It was amazing. As it's a former addictive. pro wrestling fan, it was epic. <laughs> there you go. Because <clears throat> you got to be uh, the man, beat the man to be the man. I don't know anything about wrestling. There's a guest for us. Can we get Ric Flair on here? That'd be oh, that'd amazing. Be awesome. Ric Flair, right, listening. Work on that. <laughs> Give us a call. You think you think Ric Flair right now is going to be listening to our show? You, know, you never know. You yeah. never I know. Love it. Um. Producer Brian, how you been doing? I'm good. I'm yeah. very good. Uh, the drink's moving fast. So I'm getting better. Um, <laughs> I was going to talk about something. Yeah. Oh, so uh, healthy SFP. Remember that thing we talked yeah. about, you know, hey, first of the year? Here's to well, 2021. Yeah, yeah. I'm still doing it. I'm still, I'm still going because I'm not a quitter. No, I'm, I quit. You can but tell. my news is I'm quitting on Monday for like a month probably. So I'm okay. having a physical Monday morning to get some blood drawn. 
Then I'm going to Bojangles. <laughs> so you you texted me. You said, I'm going to see if this keto thing's working. Yep. 8 o'clock, you're getting the blood work. 9 o'clock, yep. you're hitting Bojangles. Yeah, might be 8.45, but because uh, there's one right on the corner. Oh, oh, where's, where's this? Where, where's your blood work getting drawn at? Just my, my, this is my annual physical. So what, what doctor is like, I mean, here in, here in Concord, where's that? Where's Charlotte? Oh, it's in Charlotte. Cause I have, I have my, when I get my blood work done, I have my string of restaurants I go to after my blood work. I've been more, oh, yeah, happy, okay. I've been happy more than take it, uh, be more than happy taking the circuit of uh, oh. the, mojo, the mojo circuit after my blood work. So, so you're familiar with this process. Yeah, it's about, been, it's about 4,000 yeah, 4, calories in two hours. So if you're, okay. if you're game, let me know. Okay, that's, that's an idea. What consists of this, this gauntlet of restaurants? Well, I get, I get my blood work done. I have to get it done at 8 o'clock in the morning because of what they call a blood trough for, for my medicine. So um, I, 8 o'clock, I'm usually out by 8.30 because, you know, the lady knows me. Wink, wink, and she's you know kind of has the hots for me. So um, I get my blood drawn pretty quick. At eight forty-five, I'm at Brooks Sandwich Shop in downtown Charlotte, and I'm eating, usually eating a double bacon cheeseburger and a sausage link sandwich with chili and cheese on it. And then I usually make my way over um, to eight thirty. Eight forty-five. Eight forty-five. They yeah. already serving hamburgers. Yes, and then I usually make myself uh, usually make myself over to downtown Charlotte, where or uptown Charlotte, where I can get a, a kombu, uh, kimchi uh, kimchi egg taco um, around probably nine thirty, and then I, I take a little break. And then, yeah, of course. Yeah. At that point, you need a break. Yeah, and then I can go down to uh, it was a Highway 21, South 21 or whatever, and get a big boy cheeseburger and onion rings. So, oh, yeah, that's two cheeseburgers in like three hours. Are Are you judging me here? I'm, no, I'm I'm impressed. Okay. I mean, yeah. you're playing a different game than me. Yeah. I'm just saying it right now. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's. I, I'm not saying it's beneficial. I've I've trained for this for four years. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's impressive. I was thinking, you know, I, I need a biscuit. So, and I, you know, I, I'm a Bojangles guy. So Absolutely. I'm not going to Chick Fil A for breakfast. I tell you that right now. Heck no, <laughs> absolutely not. So, but I was trying to decide: do I want the Cajun fillet or like a bacon egg and cheese? Here's the deal. Right now, though, they you can do the Cajun fillet and you can get the pimento cheese on it. <sighs> that's not so. There, that's a winner. So I, would, I thought about doing that and then running by the Krispy Kreme drive-through. Good choice. And getting like a half dozen hot nails, maybe. Solid choice. And that can be at home in time to puke from eating all that garbage. Yeah. <laughs> You'll remember that time, though, when, when Hot Pocket and I went through the Chick-fil-A and got the spicy chicken strips. Mm. And then went through the Krispy Kreme and got uh, six half dozen hot. And then yeah. put the chicken strip in the middle and folded it up like a sandwich. You put Chick-fil-A sauce in there, too? I did, actually. I mean, it was... Dang good! I'm telling you, you don't you don't think it's gro it's good, but hey, buddy, that's fantastic! Wow. So, just letting you know about that. So, all right, what? So you're just it's either Bojangles, or what was the other option? Well, it's, it's, I'm going to Bojangles. That's okay. But I'm not going to get my regular like what I used to get all the time because I think I, I might kill me immediately. Did, <laughs> did you ever try the br- breakfast time biscuits and gravy? No, I've never been there. Yeah. I think you need but to try it. It's dude, breakfast time. Do take is out so enough? good, right? Where, that's oh, okay. that's like yeah, I think I me and Lori's favorite breakfast mm-hmm. place. 
because mm-hmm. they've got the one there off off of uh, Copperfield, and then they've yep. got the one down by us here off of. Um, it's where the Bojangles used to be on. Uh, I can't remember what name of that road is, but it's where that uh, twenty nine comes together there with yep. Union Cemetery Road. Yep. Yeah, and I'm it's like there's always a wait, always a wait. I know that is. Not when you go through the drive through. Even well, one down here. There's definitely a drive. <laughs> Wait at the drive. The, yeah, the yeah. Copperfield doesn't have a drive-through. Go through the the Concord one. Go through there, and then you can just eat in the parking lot. You're good to go. Yeah, but the food is just right. throwing that option out there. I'm taking notes. You need to. Uh, Mojo, how you be doing? I'm still a big, big fan of the cheeseburger, by the way, for breakfast. Uh, I'm I'm exhausted. Um, you put a scrambled egg on that. <laughs> they actually will, good. and lots of cheese. They actually will. <laughs> Um, I, I'm exhausted. This week has been obviously a uh, emotional roller coaster for a lot of people sure. with um, uh, the protests around the country. And I, I don't care what what side of the fence you're on. Um, I'm pretty pretty much sure everyone with a sound mind is actually on the on the side of uh, anti violence and um, needless murder. I, I'm sure if, if you're not, then I'm not sure exactly what dimension you're living in, but we've, we pretty much, I, for the past week, I've been at our shop for, you know, hours on end until two o'clock in the morning and then turn around and come back at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, just trying to make sure that we're secure. We're not going to be looted in our building because we're, we're in a kind of an economic challenged area where our, where our shop is. So, um, luckily we've had no altercations, limited interaction with, potential people that try to take advantage of the situation, but, um, you know, that's just been very taxing on us, very taxing on me, but, you know, heart goes out to, um, the family that, of George, George Floyd and, um, several other high profile cases that have kind of masked the, uh, the, the news media over the past couple of weeks, but, um, but also the business owners that have had taken massive losses and, um, also, also the big corporation buildings that have been looted and you know robbed and things like that. So hopefully we may get in fed a little bit later, maybe I think. But uh, yeah, very tiring, but still you know um, just lucky to be here every day. But uh, it's been a very challenging week for a lot of us. So one question that I was posing to Jessica, we were just kind of talking around. As you, as a business owner, if looters come by. And take a motorcycle or or whatever. Are you insured for that? Like like, and you don't even have to answer just specifically for your business. But I was I thought that it would be covered, but Jess said it's not covered under like civil unrest that claims aren't paid out for that. Well, um, I, I don't know. I to to speak frankly, I don't know. I never checked into it. Um. Uh, I'd have to ask our my my insurance agent and guy we go to church with Josiah, and uh, to find out what that would in, incur. But um, we we weren't going to take the chance just because, and we would sure. never want to have to have an altercation with anybody, right? But also, we're we're not the type of organization where we're going to roll over and allow it to happen. Um, so I'm not exactly sure on that. So I'd have to defer to our insurance agent. On that, it probably depends on the policy. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine. Uh, I, you know, there's so much fine print and legality and stuff. And there's insurance policies that I just all I know is I pay a fee to operate, and uh, 
you know, I pay a fee to make sure we're covered just in case for certain circumstances. But when you get into that fine print of, uh, you know, business insurance, I'm not exactly sure what that would exactly cover. Yeah. I'd say if you uh, operate a business in a urban area, it's smart to have that kind of insurance. Sure. (laughs) Just, you know, in these times. Um, well, it's been a, a kind of difficult week for us as well here in the Biggin household. Uh, we have, um, we had two foster kids. Now we have one foster kid just because, just, just make sure. What did you do? Had, I know. <laughs> this small, right. small batch just wandered off. We don't know where she went. I think she's in a well. We're trying to get Lassie to tell us where. Uh, no, but good news is we, a Hot Pocket, uh, was able to go home to uh, reunify, reunification and reunify with uh, his parents. So, um, you know, it's much, much, let me emphasize the word much quieter around our house now. So um, that was him at the intro uh, saying that um, he he did enjoy the show, took hats and shirts, and he was my little walking billboard for some places. Mm. So, um, yeah, he's going to be missed, but... um, He's uh, catering to the under 10 crowd. I mean, we've got a big population that listens to that because that's about the same. Well, maybe, I'm telling you, we need to have a Southern Fry Philosophy Minecraft um, YouTube channel. I think we. Would, I think it would be great for we, us just to do stuff and we don't know we, what the heck we're doing. I pretty much have no clue. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, drop like the. Evidently, like, you can mine water. I don't know how that works, but yeah, but like panning well, for gold. I think we need to work into this. Um. <laughs> So anyway, just to, if you're saying prayers or whatnot, just throw some prayers up for Hot Pocket and his family. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're going to follow up and discuss. Guys, have you seen Carol Baskins? There has been a ton of news for old Carol Baskins. Do you remember from Tiger King? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the woman that uh, was arch enemies with Joe Exotic? She uh, evidently, a judge ruled in her favor that she is now the owner of the Joe Exotic Ranch. Did not see that coming. How? Well, I think. Uh, well, the, the, all the lawsuits, I guess, right? There's all the lawsuits, and like yeah. he owed her so much money for copyright infringement. I think the judges called the debt. But you know, the thing I, is, is that the. Uh, what was his name? Jeff Lowe, the guy who's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Partners at the end before uh, Joe Exotic got incarcerated, he was building a new park, mm-hmm. and so I think he's moving operations there. So he could care he could probably care less that the uh, original Joe Exotic Ranch was uh, or zoo was is being uh, given to Carol Baskins because they're not really doing anything in there anyways. They're they're moving. Yeah, but he could sell the land. Yeah, yeah. Mojo, what were we gonna say? Um, I think I think this is uh, her being awarded somewhere that she's probably never had. I mean, she's probably never stepped foot on the the ground to actually feed one of the big cats there to be awarded everything, you know, ownership of that. Um, if you, if you watch the tiger King show and obviously we're getting a skewed view of that, you know, through Netflix and the producers of that show, but, um, it, you know, I think this is probably just an example of how, our legal system is broken that, you know, you could pretty much sue someone for, for just stupid stuff and end up with a property, you know, like, yeah, um, it was copyright infringement though. The lawsuit, 
mean, it was it was uh, very okay. close to but, that. But <laughs> but to the tune of you know the dollar amount that she was asking for. Like we have a right. friend of ours that we 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 talked to them um, and they were involved in a lawsuit and the gentleman was suing another person um, and for just a various amount of fifty million dollars for something just negligible and right. Um, you know, there was a potential then to lose everything just because of this guy's insinuations. And yeah, I think that this may be part of that too, you know, I, I think, but I, obviously if Jeff Lowe is half the guy, half the guy that he made himself out to be on social media and Netflix, I think he probably had a backup plan. If he didn't, sure. then he's pretty much a dumbass anyway, but, <laughs> uh, I, I, we won't even talk about his apparel choice. But sure. um, yeah, I think he probably has a backup plan. Well, he needs to. Hopefully. Um, and the news did not end there. I don't know if you guys saw as well, but the there was the will that afforded Carol Baskins what she currently has now at her her property in Florida. Found out that the will is one hundred percent forged from her uh, dead husband's. A will. That will was completely forged. That was confirmed. It was confirmed by two expert witness ex, expert witnesses. Yeah. It probably doesn't change anything. To, does about our current it does situation not because there's yeah. a statute of limitations, mm, of course, uh, for forged documents. So even though she can come out and be like, "Yep, it absolutely is forged," they can't yeah. do anything about it. What so, about like the notary? The and, notary like, the does not remember ever signing those documents. I, mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's it was traced. There was, um, you know, the all like the whole thing was traced. The signatures were traced. Yeah, I, I think that um, that's a misappropriation of justice if it, if she gets away with it. I, I I get the statute of limitations and things like that, but I mean, <laughs> we robbed that family. We all watch. Yeah, yeah, we all watch that show, and we. We all have our feelings about Carol Baskins. I mean, she has become the internet meme for everything wrong. You know, I mean, right. honestly, I mean that and Karen, yeah. right? She is she is a Karen in a flowery dress who Karen. likes to pet baby cats. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, I thought that that was interesting. I saw those two um, two articles, and I wanted to bring those up to you. All right, let's go into some wacky news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue. Listen, you guys are probably at home. You're sick and tired of eating out already. Um, But alas, our friends at 1812 Barbecue will still hook you up with some fantastic uh, ribs, brisket, wonderful sides, anything you really want in a smoker. Check out our friends at 1812 Barbecue. Connect with Eric, and he will be glad to hook you up. So um, speaking of ribs, by the way, producer Brian. Made us some ribs, and I'm going to post those on our our Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, sir. Those were some fantastic ribs. I appreciate that. I'm glad you enjoyed them. Made us, as in you, uh, the big household. Okay, right. yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I didn't get it. We got so we got here, here's why. Just so nobody feels too left out. Right. When when they when small batch came around, like ten months ago, <laughs> I was insanely busy. And I sent them like some Taco Bell or something instead of a proper meal. And I said, I owe you some ribs. And eventually I got around (laughs) following up with that. Less than a year. I'm just saying. Nailed it. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, so we we really appreciate that. It was great. It was funny because he was bringing them basically the day before we thought Hot Pocket was going home. So I'm like, so is this for for getting small batch or Hot Pocket leaving? Just couldn't figure out which one it was. But um, it yeah. was for small batch. So I appreciate good timing, I guess, because you guys were kind of hectic, correct? Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> hey, and Absolutely. I would like to bring up the point that Hot Pocket does like his nickname. Because I oh, remember absolutely. talking with him, and he was always going, Hot Pocket! <laughs> <laughs> Mojo gave him that name. I don't even know how that came up, but I just remembered one day you, we, I rolled up, and you said, well, his new nickname is now Hot Pocket. I don't even remember either. It was something. We were at the, the Mexican restaurant we loved to go to after church, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, just being stupid with him. And uh, the Hot Pocket theme song you know, popped in my head. Ah, pocket, and just kind of stuck. So, well, after eating Mexican, I can confirm that is a hot pocket. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so some eighteen twelve barbecue uh, wacky news. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but in Minneapolis, this was uh, right after the uh, the the protests happened, May twenty eighth. There's a lot of unfortunate things that happened during that time, but one of the things that um, you know when you're pent up over a long period of time and you just got to get out and finally just, you know, blow off some steam. The one thing that I'm not doing is, is heading to the gym, but there was a, a, a gentleman that after a planet fitness was broken into, he decided, well, this is a perfect chance for me to go work on my fitness. And he got on the elliptical machine. He's the only one in there. Power is off, but that joker is hustling, wearing the mask. And, um, I mean, it, that's probably not where I'm going to go if there's a, 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 you know, property damage and a, a riot that just broke out. But, I mean, what do you all think about that? Here's the, I'll show you guys the video of, this is the, <laughs> the only guy in the. Hey, kudos to him. Look at him go. I mean, the he's place just, is trashed. That's dedication. The place, yeah. <laughs> the place is trashed and he is just letting her eat on that elliptical. In a mask. And a mask. Like, I mean, like a painter's mask or something is what it looks like. Yeah. Can, can, we just, can we just all talk Pass about out. how stupid masks are? I mean, the the ones that people are making out of, like, of your recycled underwear. I mean, come on. Or, or, all you do is you breathe in your own hot breath. If you didn't brush your teeth, that's how you nasty. Hey, the hot breath not out of your mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Where's everybody at on mask wearing? Is anybody wearing them anymore? Um, I'm still, you yeah. are, I, yeah. I have one with a one micron filter built into it. Like it's a super tight filter. Is it hard to breathe? It's a, it's a cloth thing? mask, but it's got like this really thick stuff in it to kind of help. Gotcha. I, 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 I been I'm the most susceptible out of the four of us to get anything. Right. So and I, I don't wear one, <laughs> not, not out of rebellion, just, but I should have done. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've worn one a couple of times, but. Um, like the, the surgical mask they give you, you know, if you go into a store, they give you a complimentary one. I mean, there's so many mm-hmm. air gaps in it that it's not going to really help you out. And the ones that are homemade, you know, like literally I have a t-shirt fiber or bandana. Yeah. I I, well, even uh, the N95 mask, there's a meme out there that shows uh, about, you know, you want to catch and prevent the virus from going through. It's like, you know, putting up a chain link fence to catch a, a mosquito. Yeah. Um, the, the the virus size is much smaller than any of the, the knit 
of any of the uh, masks that are out there. But, yeah. you know, something's better than nothing, I guess. And just to follow up, last week you talked, I think it was last week or the week before, you talked about Alyssa Milano with her cro- crocheted one. Yeah. Just some fact-checking. Uh, she ha- It was crocheted, but it had a little thing, a pocket sewn in where you can put in the little filter. Did so, she have the filters put in would be the question. She said she did. She said. I mean, she said she did. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, How hot is a yarn mask in, like, Southern California? Do what? That? Like, yarn, like, yarn's, like, hot, right? Like, wool. Right. Yeah. You're going to wrap that around your face in, like, California? That'd be hot. hot. I mean, it's hot here. But, yeah. I mean, know, I'm, I'm not saying don't wear a mask, mm-hmm. but I, I, I personally, my opinion, I think a lot of them are useless. I mean, I think most of it's just common sense, not going into large crowds. Right. Not, not getting yourself into a situation where sitting, sitting around with like a, just a line full of people or, um, not licking the shopping cart handles. That's, you know, it's, it's kind of like common sense. And, <laughs> right. you know, you know, so wash your hands before you eat, wash your hands multiple times. I think these are all like common sense things that we've kind of forgotten, but, um, yeah, the mask thing. I mean, I, I've talked to so many healthcare workers that have been on the front lines of this whole thing. And, um, a lot of them just, you know, obviously for regulations of where they work, they have to wear masks, but a lot of them just say, it's just, and a lot of them have different types of masks, but the ones that we, yeah. we get are basically the entry level, you know, the, uh, Alibaba eBay version mask that is basically more for optics and, and presentation to go in and right. for comfort level than it actually is. Well, the doctors that. make you put them on when you go in, if you're not wearing one. Yeah. Too. But like I said, there's so many gaps in those things, um, that, I mean, but the vacuum seal that you're actually pulling in through your nose and stuff like that, you're probably pulling more air through the gaps in, in the mask than you are actually through the front of it where you have the filtration. It, yeah. it, I mean, should, should we wear, all wear hazmat suits? That's probably, that's probably the best form of prevention, but, you know. And all of us have facial hair, so I'm sure air sucks in through oh, yeah. facial hair. So, I mean, it's, you know. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, anyway. At least that guy was wearing one when he was, I mean, that would have been, I would have passed out, honestly. Yeah, right? Even if I wasn't wearing a mask, I'd probably pass out. <laughs> but definitely wearing a mask, I would have passed out. The 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. Coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812barbecue and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812 Barbecue. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812Barbecue, or call 704-604-5148. Or email Eric at eric.line at 1812barbecue.com, and he'll be glad to help any way he can. Um, 
Speaking about having a bad day, there was a gentleman, uh, Daniel Thornton, Thor- Thorson. Uh, he, the morning on of May 23rd, Daniel Thorson rejoined society after an absence of two and a half months. He spent that time in silent meditation in Vermont, which, there we go. Maybe we'll, right. we'll tag that. Uh, in a Buddhist mon- mon- monastery. Monastery. Yeah. Mon- monastic community. There we go. Bleh. Words are tough. During his 75-day isolation, his hair had grown out. Uh, the last snow of the winter had melted, and the trees had budded. Frogs come out of hibernation and began peeping. Uh, but he completely missed the last 75 news cycles. So when he, he got out, he asked somebody on Twitter, what I miss? Two and a half months. And he missed the like the coronavirus and everything. Like, could you imagine going in, doing a little retreat, thinking everything's going to be normal, hunky dory, and then when you come back out, the whole world just went to crap. But did it really? Well, because it's still it's still standing. You know that that I'm sure you guys have seen that meme. Like instead of you know treating the coronavirus, just turn off the media and watch eighty percent of the problems disappear. Like honestly, right. how much of our problems are actually created by the the information that we consume? You know sure, what I'm saying? No, 100% I mean, percent on that. Like I, I've I've totally unplugged from news media. Only thing, only times I'm aware of stuff is when people send me stuff to ask for my opinion on. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I'm aware of it, just because I don't care anymore. I never thought I would live to see the day that that happened from old mojo well i have to i have to because because everyone wants you to hop in their boat of polarization Mm -hmm. they want you to feel a certain way and when you don't when you don't you offend a person or you know like you know when the two weeks ago when the the minneapolis cops killed uh, george george floyd if you didn't have an immediate response you're automatically a racist and think that all people should die that's not the case i'm just waiting to kind of fill it out a little bit you know so you have to unplug and for me i had to because it is poison man it's just so much vitriol that's wrapped up into tweets and news articles and clickbait and you know it it, from from my spirit is healthier yeah no i 100 percent agree with you but i would think if you left and came back and then the coronavirus hit and there's riots all over the place. That would be a little jarring for somebody that was trying to have a peaceful time and a peaceful, like serenity now moment. And then you come back and like, but what 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 if you go, if you leave and do the serenity moment and you're Mm -hmm. like, if if you didn't know about the coronavirus and then you were to actually go back and look at the media post over the last 60 days where everyone's going to die. So all of a sudden right. you walk in, you're like, actually, everyone's still here. You know, yeah. um, I wonder how your interpretation of the events, like now we're all kind of getting jaded. The people that are, have been through all, you know, all of us have been through it. You know, we, we're kind of getting a little jaded, like, all right, the hype was not exactly the, the, the product of what we've been hyped up is not exactly the product they presented at the beginning. Sure. You know, um, at the beginning it was hunker down zombie apocalypse. Make sure you got your go bag. Make sure you have a mountain retreat with a, a retired missile missile silo, and hide for six years. That was that was the initial hype we were being sold. Now right. we're like, 
all right, people get Corona, people recover, people live on. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just different. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see someone who actually, actually unplugged from society and came back and be like, oh, okay, well, people are still here. Maybe. Yeah, but you can't, you can't deny like it, it's different. The world is different. Even just the masks and the social distancing. If you didn't know about social distancing when you, when you got out of that thing, now you have to readjust and learn. Yeah, and that's that. the thing they said in this article. Like he went to the grocery store, and this is in Vermont. And he's like walking in up on like really close to people, and it's freaking him out because mm-hmm. he's not maintaining his distance, which has become this new. But normal. here's here's the ultimate conspiracy question. It is different, but was it by design? Mm. Oh, KDX yeah. files music. I'm looking for it. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, seriously, I mean, yeah, I, I walked into her, you know, a local. Uh, it's called the the name of the shop is called Bottling Can. They have micro brews, and you know her obviously her business is you know clinging on, and it, it's changed drastically. You can't st- you still can't even go in there and sit at the bar and have a beer. You have to have a reservation, and that was majority of her business was people coming in and having a quick beer and going home. Now people can't even do that. It's changed. It's changed her 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 business plan drastically. Yeah. So, but what would be what would be the profit? What would be the the point of that? What's the who's the what's the win win on that? What's the as far as the bigger picture? Right. Like if it was if it was designed to do that, I'm not saying it was. But if you were to let it run wild for a minute mm-hmm. and just think think conspiracy, Alex Jones conspiracy theory, think of you know ushering in a. I'm gonna run out to the most illo- the most illogical logical point. Yeah, just think about how much data they've collected. You know, from cell phones to GPS trackers on our phones to things like that. We, we they know our behaviors now. They know our habits. There's so much data there. Mm-hmm. Which they? Who's the they? Uh, just just take. Just, let's just say they is the U.S. government. The okay. U.S. government now has so much data on our our positions during the day, how our habits are, our buying habits through. Um, we've reshaped now reshaped the economy from brick and mortar to online. We've reshaped our bike habits from in person to online, you know, Harris Teeter pickup, Kroger pickup, CVS pickup delivery. We we've reshaped our, um, our social, social norms from, from being able to go to a barbershop and sitting down and chewing the fat about politics or, you know, um, you know why I don't like my girlfriend this week to having to wear a mask in and out. We've we've reshaped uh, fossil fuel consumption. We I mean we were using you know x amount of barrel million barrels a day of crude oil to power this this country to now where we're you know less than half where uh, the actual oil companies were actually paying people to take oil off their hands because they had nowhere to store it. I mean, we, we've reshaped this so much and I'm not saying it's just the U S government. I think, um, this was an opportunity to reshape and usher in other things. People now, people now don't want to go back to work because they've had that unemployment. Employers are employers and States are opening back up and are now having a hard time finding rehiring the employees that were working there. 60 days ago because the employees are actually making more money from the U.S. government teat, taxpayer teat, by actually staying at home, receiving unemployment funds, funds and the stipend. So I think that we, we've seen a major shift. You know, we, 
uh, the Republicans, you know, cry, you know, no communism, no communism. Um, Democrats cry big government, big government. And what, what have we had in the last 60 to 90 days? We've had nothing that big government, please government solve our problems. You know, three weeks ago it was, you cannot go outside and protest to reopen your business because of the Corona. Now we have mass protests where there's no social distancing, no mask, no hand-washing stations. And we're not saying about that. I mean, literally people, barbers, barbers and private individuals who decided to say, you know what, I've got to open my store because I'm dying here financially. We're getting, being arrested. People are being arrested by walking into a gym to work out. But now we have people out there throwing rocks through buildings. You know, that, that we've gone from quickly, but we've gone from Corona to, um, to police brutality in the split second. And we've all forgotten about Corona. We're, we're still living under the, under the guise of Corona. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Corona numbers really in the next week. Because all this, weeks, yeah. all of this protesting started last week, the end of last week or middle of last week. And so that incubation, inc- boy, I can't talk incubation period you know, 14 days, That that's next week. So by the end of yeah. next week, we'll be seeing, you know, if uh, this Corona thing yeah. was a hoax or not, I guess. I think every governor who allowed, who allowed looters and rioters to burn people's businesses down need to go to, need to go to the front lines of their, their state media tomorrow and say, you know what, we're reopening the state. Because they had, they didn't have the, the chutzpah or the, the cojones to 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 clamp down on people, actually burning and b- breaking businesses down. That there's no need to have this injunction on businesses not to reopen, because they they've already proven the point that um, you can have mass gatherings, and not people will not die in the next 24 hours. So I I think they have to void this hypocrisy of keeping people that are actually trying to stimulate the economy shut down because if they allow that the last allow mass yeah. gatherings they have to reopen i yeah. think otherwise it's hypocrisy yeah so um that kind of moves us into hot topics we'll skip the uh the, the last wacky news which was basically um there one of the senators is saying that the the president cannot put nukes in the middle of a hurricane and see, see if nuking a hurricane would actually stop it. So they want to sign that into law. Right? That is a, make a, a law. law trying to be put in, put into place. Spot, talking about mass gatherings. So the RNC is moving, is threatening to move out of North Carolina. They haven't uh, threatened. Which, they actually are. That's done. Is it done? Done. Mm-hmm. That's done. Yep. I'm pretty sure it's done. Well, I I've worked tirelessly to get us media credentials to go to the RNC because it was here. Uh, and I haven't seen where it's been moved or they've, they've stopped uh, approving those. So um, it's going to be on one of Trump's golf courses. Probably you may be going to Atlanta boys, but um, anyway, so it, thoughts about that. It, part of it is comical because Trump is saying it has to be, you know, no holds barred. We everybody's allowed in nineteen thousand people, blah blah blah. But then uh, the governor is saying, "Well, we're just trying to follow federal guidelines, which says no more than you know ten people or whatever." So 
um, the hypocrisy. You talk about hypocrisy on that one, Mojo. What are your thoughts on Trump pulling out? Well, which, by the way, is probably the first time he's ever done that. I think I think Governor Cooper, who um, I've I've maintained this for since he's been in office. I think he's a tyrant. I think he uh, picks winners winners and losers. He's done this his whole term. He's um, he won this this petulant man child <laughs> won an election based off of um, heightened social justice issues against uh, McCrory. I'm not saying I'm a super McCrory guy, but McCrory had a stance against um, McCrory won a lost off of a couple issues. One of those issues was the transgender ban bath bathroom issue. And, yeah. And uh, a couple other issues. So governor Cooper just happened to be the Jimmy Carter of the Democrat ticket. You know, basically the, the blither, the blithering idiot who was a successor of that. And I think if you listen to a Roy Cooper conference, um, news conference on this Corona deal for the last 60 days, you would kind of understand that, um, reading the instructions on the, on how to pour a cereal bowl is more, uh, useful than this guy. This guy is just a, this guy, this guy is a diaper stain of politicians. I mean, he is, now, I'm, I'm, I won't I give you my true, I will give you my true opinion. I'll just give you. Don't pull any punches. Anyway, um, you know, Cooper talks about not making this political and he's done nothing but make political swipes the whole time. He's referred to tweets. He's referred to uh, the White House in several instances. Cooper has done nothing but making this political the whole time. How how is it how is it safe that a Lowe's or Home Depot can sell marigolds, which you know, to mass populations of people? I don't know if anybody's ever gone to Lowe's or Home Depot during this this whole pandemic. They call it. I would encourage you to go to Home Depot because I have stock in that. So I'm just saying. But if you've gone to a Lowe's or Home Depot, which has been classified as essential, selling selling marigolds now, give it. It's a during this pandemic, this and light bulbs and, this, and lumber. No, no, I'm we talking, did fire baseboards. No, no, no. I'm talking. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the lumber. I'm not talking about the plumbing things. But I can go buy charcoal. I can go buy um, marigolds. I can go buy landscaping stone. I can go. I can go buy anything that Lowe's has. I can go buy a vacuum cleaner at Lowe's. So, if, but this this has been listed as essential. But friends of mine that have restaurants can't open. Friends of mine, or you know, can't have dining and service, which is a large majority of their of their business. Friends of mine can't have um, their beverage shops open because they're quote unquote non essential. People cannot have their embroidery shops because it's so you know. Cooper has done nothing but, and a lot of these governors across the country have done the same thing. They've they're picking the winners and losers of this economy. So with the RNC saying, if we can't have a full base, and we're talking, you know, we're talking sixty to ninety days from now, um, then we're going to move move states. I think it's a smart move because there's states out there that would love to have the RNC because it means millions of dollars. You know, ironically, you know. 
Governor Cooper and, and his administration had to lay off 300,000 people. I think it's 300,000 people. Anyway, my numbers are wrong. Um, with the North North Carolina Department of Transport transportation because they had actually 300 million they had a shortfall 300 million dollars in the north Carolina department of transportation budget because of loss of tax revenue so you think a struggling state right now north carolina would welcome an event to come here to generate some tax revenue to to help make up some of those 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 shortfalls we're talking about an event in 60 days um, that has to be planned. Caterers have to be have to be contracted. Um, security has to be contracted. And Governor Cooper just keeps dragging his feet, um, you know, just dragging his feet along. We have to have answers, and you know, I think it's just a detriment to the state of North Carolina. Charlotte's not the only one that benefits. People come in from all over the all over the country to stay here, and they stay in hotels that are. You know, it could be in a 30-mile radius uh, of this. So it affects other yeah. cities, not just Charlotte. So I think I think uh, Cooper, you know, we have an election here in North Carolina in November for, for governor also. I think this could, anyone who's had their pocketbooks hurt will, will be thinking hard between voting for um, Governor Cooper and also one of our previous guests, Lieutenant um, Dan Forrest, uh, for governor. I think they're, you know, I think people will have a a conscious decision before they vote their party line that they no, normally do. Mr. Brian, your thoughts while he's he's talking? Um, well, um, to me, the Republican National Convention is pretty non-essential as a gathering because it's just it's just a big yeah. It's, a, it's you know thirty thousand people coming to kiss Trump's butt one more time, so it can be a ele- he knows he's getting the nomination. What is the point? I know money, 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 but what does it do? What's the point of it? It's just, it's just showing off. It's them saying, Hey, we're still here. I guess, you know, it doesn't have to happen. Why does it have to happen the way it's always happened? They weren't willing to compromise at all. And I saw the, from what I was reading from the North Carolina government, they wanted, what are your, what what are your plans to, you know, try to keep within these guidelines that the government has Set and they said no, but we, we want to do the full thing because Trump's wants to push his way around. That's the way I see it. Well, I think that I think that's a misappropriated opinion there because you're you're labeling something non-essential. Well, the guy who's down the street who has struggled for the last ninety days to keep their business open, you know, the, let's just say downtown Charlotte, they have a bar. Their rent in uptown Charlotte maybe eighty five hundred bucks a month. They've applied for the. Uh, payroll Protection Act and got the loan and they're rolling the dice to keep the doors open, um, to keep their employees paid and fed and employed and working that, you know, single mothers, their single fathers, those families. So for someone to classify the convention as non-essential for those small businesses that have been as a very essential now flip it. And it could be Joe Biden, 2020 event convention, it's the same thing. Sure. Any of them. It doesn't have to be Republican. It could be the Democratic. Either one of them. Yeah, I don't agree with the guy, but for that event, it's very essential for those people that are, that are depending on that influx of people to come into the community. Now, we've been very fortunate. All four of us sitting on this um, Brady Bunch 
uh, Zoom calendar here, we've all worked. We've all received pay. We've all received um, the ability to earn income for our family. A lot of people have it. A lot of people that have been waiting for doors to open. You know, I just stopped yesterday and spoke to a friend of mine who has a barbershop in the local community where I have my motorcycle shop. He finally just got open. And not saying he's nice, but it hurt him extremely financially for someone to Somewhat so for someone to take the the dollars of their savings, their hard-earned labor, and roll the dice to bet on themselves to open their business, and now all of a sudden have it shut down, is a big gamble, and it hurts them directly. And I think that you know the the these conventions. Look, we all we all do risky behavior every day, and going into a convention center of people that are willing to go in and possibly maybe sit by one person or two people or 10 people that possibly have been exposed to Corona. It's, it's, it's a risk. It's a, it's a risk to get on the roads every day and drive. I mean, my wife business finally opened last week and then of course closed because of the protests and looters and rioters, but, Every day they have to go in and they have possible exposure of their employees. Is it worth the risk? I I mean, I'll let you be the. That's a personal choice. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But it's also a personal choice for people to go into a convention and to risk that. If they want to go and re-rah-rah and wave a flag and, and wear their appropriate pair apparel for the candidate, that's their choice. I'm thinking for the small business owner, I can give two craps about who the person running is because guess what? So, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. We've all lost. Yes. I, I, I just think that uh, for the small business owners, who guys who've actually are trying to provide income for multiple families at any given time, they need to have the opportunity to, to, to uh, you know, to gain from the economy, especially when we've, sh- yeah. we, we, we've, cut, we've cut their legs off and saying, hey, we want you to walk. We want you to provide tax income for the state, but we want to hamstring you again. So at the end of the day, that national convention is going to happen, right? It doesn't matter. Like it's going to happen. Um, and I'd much rather those dollars go here in North Carolina than it would Atlanta or wherever else they're looking at. Um, because I know people here that it, it directly impacts. So, um, and, and I think that it's a good point is people have free will and free choice. And if they want to go, they can go. If they don't want to go, they don't. But it does allow people to actually um, have the choice to go to work if they are caterers or if they're hotel owners or what have you. It gives them a little bit of hope. And I'd, as I said before, I'd rather it be here in North Carolina than somewhere else. You know, Vegas, Vegas just opened up back today. I have a friend of mine who um, comes in the shop all the time, and him and, him and his um, girlfriend, they, they, were, they booked their flights to Vegas. They're making a conscious choice to fly to a different state to hang out in a city for, you know, uh, relaxation and, you know, to lose some money or whatever, because, you know, casinos aren't built on free will or, you know, contributions, but I don't care how long we lock the state down. We have so many variable factors of people going elsewhere, people, people that have to work in the quote unquote essential jobs or people have to 
be exposed to people. There's so many contributing factors that we we can't put our hand head in the sand. And in, in ten years from now, when we relook at this event, I hope we made the right choice to shut everything down, to risk, to gamble the economy. I mean, we're I haven't looked at the latest numbers on the economy, but I know today, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we reported, I think we're at 32 million lost jobs since Corona. Uh, we're probably getting, we got to be close to 40 million jobs lost in, in this. This is the worst economic disaster in probably three lifetimes. And we're still, like I said, from people like us who have jobs, have some source of bringing some income. Can I bring, can I, if we're in a popping economy right now, could I be bringing in more personal income? Absolutely. I could be, I probably could have five people working for myself right now. Um, but we all can speak from a privileged point of view right now where we have income coming in. Eventually the wells will dry up where people who are drawing unemployment and stipends, it'll dry up. Um, and that's when we really hurt. I'm my business right now is was slow to, um, slow to get, hit. uh, at first, great. The people that were quote unquote essential workers that, you know, were basically blue collar workers were, were buying in droves. Economy was, economy was great for on my side, but I also saw the, the flip side too, because, um, these lenders and things were having to put, um, they were having to move and shake with the economy too, because a lot of their clients were losing jobs. So they had to defer payments or having to prevent repos. Well, right now it's now affecting my economy because I can't buy repos. I can't buy dealer trade-ins. I can't buy things like that. So instead of having, you know, just to give you an example, I could go to an auction and there could be six or 700 motorcycles for sale at any given auction. Yeah, I went to an auction yesterday. There's 125 units, and you have dealers across from the southeast trying to buy these units because we're all hurting for inventory. So wow. it's affecting all of our business now. I was just a little bit further down the line versus the guy who had the restaurant, you know, sitting, you know, with rotting groceries in the cooler that wasn't allowed to open. Yeah. So yeah, it's now affecting all of us. Absolutely, it's it it will impact. If it hasn't impacted you yet, it will. I think. Anybody else have any other comments? Kind of scary to, th- to think about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, you know, what, what will happen if things continue the way they are, you know, especially if you, if we think about what, uh, how things were during the great depression, you know, like, um, my, uh, grandfather, on my, my dad's side, he was fortunate because he was in the military and then, um, you know, so he he really didn't lose his job during during uh, the Great Depression. So he was able to to make an income. And the same thing with my grandfather on my uh, mom's side of the family. You know, he worked for uh, he was a farmer, but he was also working for Boeing and uh, Douglas Aircraft Corporation. So he was able to support his family. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually those those of us that still have jobs. Um, if things continue to go as they are and, and, and the economy, economy doesn't recover, I mean, you know, let's, let's take my job, for example. I, I work for a, a company that um, processes payments for a variety of different verticals. So you know, utilities, municipalities, insurance companies, 
I mean, you name it. You know, if if, if a payment needs to be made, we we're there. Um, and we've been very fortunate because uh, a lot of organizations need to uh, be able to offer the ability to pay bills online, etc. Because you can't go into an office to make a payment because they're closed or whatever the case may be. And, you know, we saw an uptick in our business, actually. We, we stayed pretty busy. Um, but there's going to come a time where, you know, if this continues, <laughs> you know, our, our, our business could dry up uh, eventually. But, you know, right now we're okay. So, anyways. That was a downer. Sorry, guys. Everybody no. listening. <laughs> <laughs> Like right, you, beer. I'm going to stop right here. You're, you're, the wheels in your head are, are clicking, I, I think. Or are you just... No, I'm just, I'm just riding the gin. <laughs> Got it. Um, drinking gin tonight? Gin and tonic. Snoop Dogg. Double G. <laughs> you know it. Schnizzle there. <laughs> gin and juice. Uh, that's, that's my summer drink. Oh, it's summer getting hot drink. outside. I just switched to some, 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 some lime in it. Sure. Yeah, man. Uh, let's put it. Let's go into something a lot less um, uh, controversial. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. There we go. Uh, hold, hold on. <laughs> Which, he didn't by kill the way, himself. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Which, by the way, I started the Netflix. My wife and I started the the Epstein Netflix series. That joke. Oh, good great. Have you guys started watching it or watched nope. it? I have not. Is it authorized by the CIA? Uh, well, it's got Clinton stamp of approval on it. Uh, okay. no, it's buddy. Good Lord. I didn't realize, like, I don't know. I'm not, you obviously know where it ends up, but I didn't know how deep it went. So interesting. Um, but I did want to give, uh, we were supposed to have Dewan curse on the show. I didn't want to go too long without offering, uh, a chance that we talk about the rioting, the racism, protests on the show, uh, the, the death of Mr. Floyd. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want us to be silent on it, but you also don't need four white guys to tell you how we feel about it. If you want that, you can just watch Fox news. If you want four white guys telling you how to feel. Um, but let's address that. Okay. Can we, can we just all stop and just agree that violence is bad? If you let me continue, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but but when you when you run out of the Kentucky Derby gate saying four white guys, it just well, it kind of are we it, four white guys? We are, but is violence all is all violence bad? That's 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 it's if you preface the if you preface the conversation with saying, by the way, I'm white, so that that invalidates our point. You know what I'm saying? It, it, no, preface it. I think that at least for our demographic and the people who listen to our show, most of, I would say, a, a large chunk of the people that listen to our show are probably the same color skin as us. I don't know. I haven't, I, we haven't done a, we haven't done a uh, survey on that, have we? Yeah. If you, if you go through the people who like our, at least our, our Facebook page, we all pretty much look alike. Yeah, but um, we also, that's... I, I'm just going to disagree. I'm going to humbly disagree with the statistics because we don't have data to prove that. And of course, Roy Cooper, the governor of North Carolina, loves science and data. So I'm going to have to err on the side okay. of science and data with Roy Cooper. That's fine. Okay. okay. So I'll retract. <laughs> you can stand but behind it. I'm asking you to retract. I'm saying you, you, 
most of the media, right, is essentially, at least Fox News and, and those folks are generally our, our skin color. Um, and they've. I don't know. I don't watch like, news anymore. And even like the, the mainstream. It hasn't media, changed. Right. So, I mean, you, you kind of know our point of view. So, I was just, all I was saying was I was going to offer up a, a guest to offer up his point of view coming from a person of color. That's all I was going to, all I was meaning on that. Yeah, I understand. Um, but to your point, I will 100% agree that all violence is not right. Um, the, the violence to, to kill Mr. Floyd, the protesting is not correct. Um, you know, I, as I was going through scripture this week, like John 10, 10 hit, hit me. The thief, um, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, and, and the thief in this point is, is talking about the devil, Satan, the, the other side. And, you know, I was, that hit me. Steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what we've been seeing. Uh, the police, the citizens killing each other. Um, we've seen dis- destruction. We've seen stealing. And just bottom line, that doesn't come from God. That is chaos comes from the devil. Uh, the confusion, the uncertainty, the unpeacefulness, that's not from God. Um, Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. As Christians, as believers, and I don't want to, don't want to speak for all of you, but as for me, we have to bring life. We have to bring peace. We have got to look at everybody and look them in the eye and say that you are a child of God. And I don't care what race you are. I don't care what socioeconomic background you come from. You're a child of the Father, and I'm going to treat you respectfully as such. You're a daughter of, of the King. You will be treated as such. As believers, we look at the world and say, well, how can you do such things? The world is going to act like the world's going to act. Like, we expect them to have our values. They don't. It's not. It's not the same. Because they don't share the same life-giving spirit that we have. It's to kill, steal, and destroy. And I'm just encouraging the believers. Guys, you know, look, I've been in churches way too long to understand there's racism in the church. Straight up racism. Guys, you got to deal with that. That's sin. That's straight up sin. Deal with it. I'm tired of it. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've experienced it. I've lived it. Um, I know that there's racism in the church. And I'm not saying all churches, and I'm not saying you specifically. I just know that I have seen it, and I have seen people treat people differently because a white church and a black person comes to the door and everybody freaks out. Um. So from my point of view, all I'm saying is from, from my point of view, have the, if you are a believer, you are to bring life and to bring peace to, to the world because you have that spirit inside of you that Jesus did. And our job is to do that. So if you're a believer, stop the stealing, stop the killing, stop the destruction. Um, you need to stop. That's not from God. Um, I understand that there is anger and frustration and you feel like your voice isn't heard, but 
that's not the way to, to go about it. You guys can disagree with me. You guys can, we can talk about it. But from my point of view, um, we could probably throw out that disclaimer. Uh, from my point of view, guys, we are here as believers to give life and show people the, the true gospel. And this isn't it. So I'm done on that statement. I have to agree with you. Um, I know that <clears throat> something that I've come to realization, and especially in the last several years, is that you know if everybody treated others with respect and care, a lot of these social issues that we see not not just a racial issue, but also dealing with you know how um, you know people with handicaps are treated, or people mm. you know, women are treated versus men, etc. If everybody treated each other with respect and care and love, mm. a lot of these issues would go away. And, um, you know, that's something that I, I try to, to live by myself. I'm not always successful. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm faulty, just as we all are. Um, but I know that, you know, if I do my best to try to treat others with respect and care and love, that their lives are better for it, my life is better for it. And it's just better for everybody all around. Uh, you know, that, that's my two cents. Anybody else want to dive into this one? Well, from the spiritual aspect, um, I think once we cross that line into accepting the scandalous grace of scandalous grace of Christ, that we should transcend from this current plane of existence where we judge people, where we see color, we see creed, we see sexuality. We look at everyone through the eyes of the Father. Um, I know I've shamelessly promoted, what, two weeks ago or last week, I can't remember. I can't remember if I ate lunch today. Shamelessly promoted this uh, little online movement of what would Jesus do bracelets, and the response would be he would love first. I think that's the simple answer of once you transcend, once you say the words, believer Christ, you know, eat the cracker, drink the juice, baptize in water, sprinkle in water, whatever your choice is, that you become this in this new, you know, this club of believers of eternal life and all that worldly stuff passes. Um, we don't care about pigment. We don't care about DNA. We don't care about whatever. We just want to love. Um, with that message, it's a simple message. Just love. It's a simple message. Just follow me. And if we actually fo- abided by those words, imagine all the labels that would drop. Mm. You know, CEO, hired hand, daughter. Girl, boy, all these titles would fall. All these labels would fall. We would just be all, uh, we would just all be children of the Father. That's all we would look at. Um, That's a basic message, so simplistic. Um, But of course, we love to complicate things. We love to have, we have to have titles. We have to have labels. We've We've been pretty good at that since the dawn of man. Um, so on a spiritual note, hundred percent agree. 
you know, if we just keep it simple, you know, that, that old, that old adage, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. Yep. Saves, saves a lot of heartache, saves a lot of money, saves a lot of time. And if we just did that, you know, the golden rule doing to others, I think, I think we'd be a lot more civil as a society. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a great message. Um, but I want to go back to my original point just for a second as far as can we just all agree that evil is evil, violence is evil? Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if it's perpetrated upon a civilian against a civilian. And that's not, I know that's a label, arbitrary label. Yeah. Or if it's a civil servant, a.k.a. a so, so, uh, police officer or uh, a soldier, enlisted soldier upon a civilian. Evil is evil. Um, yeah. And I'm hoping, as bad as it says, I'm hoping that we can work through the muck and mire of the current events and actually wake up to the larger picture. And it's not necessarily um, pigment on pigment, melanin on melanin. I mean, where we're we're looking at shades and sexualities and things like that, but we're actually looking at the larger goal of. Um, no, throw a little politi- I'll, I'll sprinkle a little politics and you can cut this out later if you like. But once we actually get into the point of actually seeing that this is the reaction of the state when we give the state absolute power over the autonomy of the individual, it, it, the state has nothing to do but react in the manner this way when we give the state this power. And I'm not saying this is the state's fault, this individual's action, these four individuals' actions in Minneapolis. But this is the this is a direct reaction of when we empower um, state upon us. So, I, yeah, like I'm not excusing these four guys. I'm just saying this is a natural reaction. Yeah, producer Brian, any thoughts for from you? Oh, <clears throat> or not? All kinds of. I have lots of thoughts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. The, the, to keep it brief, um, this whole situation has been, it's taken me a couple of days to process mm. the, the way, because I, takes, I have to think about things. I'm, I'm just that. I'm not reactionary in general. Um, and, you know, I've been doing a lot of just reading and trying to just watch. How, I've been watching the world react to this event, and it just has me wondering, will anything change? Mm. You know, it's it's terrible what's happened. <clears throat> you know, it's terrible the things that we don't see on the news that have happened just like this. You know, the ones that weren't on camera. You know, we can't, we don't know how much, we don't know how big big this is mm. in reality. As, as at least from my perspective, you yeah. know. Um, but from what I've been reading and seeing and starting to understand, I really understand, I feel like more is, um, there's, I mean, this, there's been oppression, and it's, and they're revolting against that, and yeah. they should revolt against that. And it's terrible that there's been violence and looting. Um, you know, I hate the financial losses and the, all of those destructive, destructive things. But it's, will anything change? That's, you know, what, what, is there a better way to, to make those points? from voices that can't be heard right now, you know, like they're not being, the only way they can be heard right now is to cause a ruckus. Absolutely. 
Yeah. You know, how else do you get your point across when you've been pushed back that far? You know, that's my point. That's yeah. all. I think. No, I, I think that there's, I mean, and we lost Mojo, so I don't know if yeah. his battery died or he just quit. He might uh, quit on us. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I think that it's hard. <laughs> Ted is his computer just pulled a magic man and it just froze. So oh. uh, we'll see if he can get back up. Uh, I've heard from, that from, I think it's hard to uh, refute the facts of systemic oppression since the beginning of the country. Um, it's it's very hard to say redlining doesn't exist. Yeah, I, mean, I just sent you guys an article earlier. Uh, we didn't have time. It, it, it came to me like five minutes before the show started. Okay, basically documenting like thirty years ago, mortgage officers were told to refuse mortgages to black people. Right, which in, limits the ability to build. You can't build any generational wealth that way. Absolutely. So they're starting way behind the eight ball. Yeah, from the rest of us, the the white folks. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's, I mean, that's terrible. And I wish like, I couldn't have done anything. I have no voice, but <laughs> people knew those kind of things at a different yeah. time. Would someone else have stood up sooner? You World, know? World War II, when the GIs came back and had a um, uh, free tuition to go to school, it was accepted for the white population, but not for the blacks. Yeah. I mean, y'all, you can't say that. And that's that when, happen. and that's when racism was legal. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. <laughs> Separate like segregation was a real thing. Yeah. And we're still not integrated after all that time. So properly. I wasn't planning on going here, but I think you're exactly right. Like it's but going back to my point is is if we yeah. just and Brandon's point and Ryan's point is if we just love people, forget the color of their skin, and just treat people with respect. And and the gospel for for you believers the gospel has called us to do that. That's not a choice. That's something that that we should be doing automatically, uh, lest you forget that we're all equal at the foot of the cross. None of us are any better than anybody else. And if you think that for a minute, if you think you're better than somebody else for a minute, you're not better than Jesus. And and he was the one that paid the price. So you can't you can't give me that. Um so uh as the church Church, look at me right here in the eye. You've messed up. You haven't done what you're supposed to be doing. And and we've got to fess up, and we have got to help make this thing right. And the yeah. only one that can do that is Jesus. That's it. He's the only one that's going to redeem the world. You're not going to do it. Um, your your pastor's not going to do it. But but God through you, God through your pastor, God through the believers can make the world a different it it did 2000 years ago it can do it again um and so i'm i'm encouraging you just fall in love with jesus again and just really look at your heart on that cuz cuz if it's not if if you think that the uh that that you're you're better you're you're not and so um take that at face value so the end of that Unless anybody else has anything else to say. My computer went down. I think it got hacked by Chinese hackers. So sorry about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? It wasn't, it, it wasn't wearing a mask, so it, it went down. It got sick. <sighs> yeah, you, you got to use that personal protection. I'm sorry. So. 
All right, so we're going to wrap up with um, one of Lisa's favorite segments called Dear Mojo. We're going to make this quick so um, uh, we can uh, con- get on context because I, I I don't think I do it justice. So um, Lisa okay. is my donor's my heart. I, I, for those just tuning in, 2016 um, March 26, I had a heart transplant, and Lisa is my heart donor's mother. So. Um, she's a big fan, super fan, I would say. Um, just a strong encourager of what we do, um, even though we're basically a podcast of useless information and opinions. But she's always a strong encourager. So this is one of her personal requests here. I see there's a bias with this segment. Oh, it's that's, really that's nice. okay. And <laughs> long as, long as, yeah, as long as she's a bias, it's fine. It's Right. <laughs> right. Um, and if you're not familiar with the segment, what I do is I get some Dear Abby questions. I ask Mojo, and then he tells us what his thoughts are, and then we compare them with what, what Dear Abby said. So here we go. Uh, Dear Abby, when I was younger, I was engaged to a man that I'll call Jake. I was deeply in love with him, only to have my heart broken when he cheated on me, so I broke it off. A short time later, I developed feelings for his brother, Jed. One thing led to another, and Jed and I are engaged to be married in two months. When Jake found out that I was dating Jed, he grew distant. I figured it was because he was in shock, and recently he contacted me and invited me to dinner, thinking it had to do with the wedding plans I accepted. Mm -mm. When we were getting ready to leave, Jake told me that he still loved me. And he made a terrible mistake. And I, had a, and I had a few drinks. And guess what happened? They ended up having a one-night stand. Boom, boom, boom. But it's not over yet. I just found out that I'm pregnant. And I'm not sure if Jake is the father or Jed is. Honestly, I still love Jake. But he can't keep a job. And I don't think he can support me and the baby. What should I do? Should I keep my mouth shut and marry Jed, who has a good job and is faithful? Big mess in the South. Mojo, what would you say? So you offer me a train wreck right off the bat here. (laughs) (laughs) You find this stuff. Jerry Springer? Mori Povich? So you said one of the things was Jed, right? Jed is the, the... the uh the new the, the new brother, boyfriend right the jake is number two jed and jake from state farm he's the low life that can't uh that can't take care of the that uh, uh, can't take care of his woman with with I a name like jed, are they like uh, mennonite amish cabinetry makers i oh. i mean i don't need it's not that that really matters <laughs> but you know I'm just asking for context here <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But sign big mess oh, in the man. south, so this is probably right up our alley. Well, you, my usual answer to throw punch everything is not going to apply here. Um, right? Yeah, I did it on yes. purpose. Well, all right. So Hard. the technology has not advanced that far enough. So to be able to determine probably DNA wise if it's Jed or Jake. So selfishly, I'd probably roll the dice and be like, just stick with the winner. Which seems to be wow. Even even that you love Jake, though. You see, 
It says she secretly still loves Jake, but he can't. Jake's keep probably a, job. a deadbeat. Jake, Jake, Jake's yeah, gonna be the one you're fighting for child support in court in three years. So, I don't know. no, but seriously, you got to be honest with uh, Jeb. You know, heart, emotions, and hearts, man. You you got to be straight with people. You got to you, you you don't want to harbor a secret like that for years to come because not only do you have Jed and Jake and Jebediah and uh, Jezebel and all the other Jays and family that you got to worry about. But I mean, you have a kid coming along and you just don't want to be any doubt with that. So you probably need to come clean and just expose it, come clean. And, you know, it'll all work itself out. Maybe not the manner that you may mean, but it'll, it'll be better now to take that, to take the skin cancer off versus let it fester. Or you can throw a punch it. So <laughs> what about Dr. We, Phil still in the air? Dr. Phil. Yeah. He's still in there. Yeah. Okay. It just seems like he could solve this problem. Real, you know, you, you can listen. What he'd say is you can call a kitten. <laughs> you can put a kitten in an oven, but you can't call it a biscuit. That's what he'd say. Well, that's way. That's very clear. Mm. Jonah, what do you a, have any other, one of our listeners, Jed, I mean, uh, Alan says, uh, Jed, yeah, Jed, Jed, <laughs> that dog. Woo. yeah, Alan says, uh, does Jed know about the baby? Well, I don't <laughs> think so. So what, uh, dear Abby said was instead of trying to take the easy way out, straighten your spine, fess up and do the right thing. A paternity test will determine which brother is the father of your child and the one who should support it. Um, you would be doing a terrible disservice to Jed if you marry him while you honestly still love his brother. If you do, you'll be in for a lifetime of guilt and frustration, and chances are great that uh, Jake won't, you won't be able to stay away from Jake, and it doesn't take a crystal ball to predict another disaster. Dum, dum, dum. Like a, this should have been like a Mari parental you know, paternity test reveal show. Absolutely. I can't wait for their <sighs> reveal on that, because that'd be great. All right, now this one. Gentlemen, I think you'll you'll really as well. Dear Abby, um, I love your column. Some years ago, you printed a recipe for baked beans, and I believe they were called St. James Baked Beans. I've lost my copy, uh, and I get lots of compliments of how great they were. Would you please reprint the recipe? Shirley in Brownsville, Texas. She said, um, Dear Abby, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, uh, well, Mojo, how would you? How do you make baked beans? Well, let's go that route. Our sponsored question of the day from Watchmen Cigars: How do you make baked beans? Um. Wow. Uh, um, With a I mean, can you got to right? use the you know the kidney beans, or I mean, it, baked beans are so many different things. You can use navy, kidney, brown sugar, bacon, bacon grease. Brown sugar, a little bit of barbecue sauce, salt, pepper, garlic, salt. Brown sugar. Lots of brown sugar. A lot okay. of bourbon. Um, if you if you want to up okay. your game, you throw it on a smoker. Um, okay. I say bacon, pork fat, bacon. You, you didn't. Um, yeah, okay. Onion, chopped onion. Yep. Okay. Maybe a little maybe a little marijuana. Else? I mean, if you want to get you know Colorado style. I mean, but no, seriously, the, I think it's pretty much the 
basic ingredients. Yeah, right. Magic Man's probably going to say like marshmallows or something. <laughs> no, I just thought it was funny. Scramble, they were talking about egg. baked beans in Brownsville, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, and producer Brian, any thoughts? That about uh, sums up? No. Okay. No thoughts. Um, so, dear <laughs> Abby says, thank, thank you so much. Uh, you can also get my cookbooklet set, which contains more than 100 recipes for 1995. Uh, but she did say, here's the recipe. Six slices of bacon. Okay. Half a cup of chopped onion. Got it. One, count, uh, one can of pork and beans drained. Got it. Uh, one ounce uh, can of kidney beans. Got it. One ounce uh, package of sharp cheddar cheese cubed. Hmm? One, this is Magic Man's recipe, right? <laughs> I'm, betting the, I'm, I'm betting the next one item's cup, Cool Whip. <laughs> Did anybody pick Cool butter? Whip for June? <laughs> They're forgetting the fried egg. <laughs> Scrambled eggs. Uh, Scrambled um, eggs, that's what it was. Yeah, that's right. One cup of ketchup. Three-fourths cup firmly packed dark brown sugar. So I'll give you that. Sure. One tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce. Did you just say packed brown sugar? I did, yeah. From Brownsville, okay. Texas. Uh, That's a method, then, method of measuring. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> one can of lima beans. Nope. I'm out. What? Lima nope. beans? Even I would say that? no. Mm-mm. Have you heard of such well, things? Have you ever had? As the uh, great uh, philosopher Helen Keller said, "I can't. I couldn't see that coming." So, <laughs> yeah. I, I, lime. All right. That was so nasty that producer Brian just took a swig <sighs> of uh, whatever he's mm-hmm. drinking there. Lima beans. You only eat lima beans with lima beans. You know, you don't mix them with other things. Right. They don't play well with other people in the in the city pool. I don't eat them at all. Lima beans are no, good no. if they're done in a crock pot with cornbread, you know, on the side. But, but mm. lima beans in a baked beans? I thought that was so weird. I, yeah. It's a weird one, yeah. right? Cheddar yeah, cheese. the cheddar cheese you know, cheddar is part of baked beans. Like you said, the well, next ingredient would be Cool Whip. That's just the odd ingredient to throw in mm. there. But Right. She does, she does have a national column, so maybe she knows something more than we do. They'll, they'll buy guys. I'm going to make some and see how they turn out just for fun. I, I, yeah. I want to see that cookbook now. What else kind of crazy ingredients? <laughs> bake, check it, bake chicken. <laughs> add a half a side of SpaghettiOs. What? I don't get this. <laughs> <laughs> fellas, you have to realize we're from the South, so, you know, we make food a certain way. And right. Dear Abby's from another part of the country. I don't know. Oh, what she did? She's from the comp, uh, country of Uranus? I mean, what country? <laughs> 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 From Brownsville, Texas. <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, dear Abby, I work in the deli department of grocery store, and I've been struggling lately. Uh, with everything that is going on, people are overwhelmed and have been taking it out on us. I asked one person, how are you doing today? The response I got was, I'm not interested in conversation. Just feed me. Wow. Hey, he came in hot. Hey. Came in hot. Another one uh, came to the register, didn't even utter a single word ex- except to exclaim when I offered her a bottle opener for her soda, I've got it. 
then snatched her change out of my hand. I didn't even get the brunt of it. The cashiers have to handle the worst of it. We employees are stressed out about the same thing everyone else is. We struggle to get the same products. I even have gone to five different stores to get the things that I need. Between the stress of the virus and the stress of being treated so rudely, my mental health is running low. I've struggled on and off with depression and anxiety, and many of my coping methods are unavailable due to the closures. Could you spend, could you please remind your readers that we are all in the same boat and we need to be kind to one another and direct those of us who are struggling emotionally to resources so we can access during the time of panic? Uh, struggling in retail. This would be the classic. I am. Uh, I'm very much fan of public displays of just straight up walking to someone's throat, throat punching them right and soft guess because they get they, they gas for they they think about life in a different way. No, but seriously though, people, um, you know we, especially with the economy opening up, you know, we've we've had very limited resources from um, our restaurants being able to do only takeout only to grocery stores having this influx of customers looking for massive amounts of toilet paper which i can't still still can't fathom that um to other places of business businesses you know that just had just their normal last year numbers are probably way up compared to last year just because of the shifting economics so Tensions are on edge, people losing jobs, mothers and fathers having to stay at home with kids now that they didn't have to stay at home with. Tensions are high. And then you have the employees on the flip side working these businesses that still have to be there. This is a chance for across the world for humanity to shine, to show what our character is truly made of versus this interaction of like, I'm here, you're here to serve me. Um, That's not how it works. Um, I don't care what business that, that may be in. Um, if it's a client sitting across the desk from a lawyer, the, the lawyer is there to serve that client. They're paying money for them to serve. If it's a, a traffic officer pulling someone over for speeding too fast, it, that interaction is invaluable. If it's that person buying the last roll of toilet paper they've seen in the last eight weeks, from a food lion, mm. that interaction with a customer service point third person is very important because guess what? You do have to go see these people eventually again. And you don't want to, you don't want to be remembered as captain Karen at, at, at the, at the register. You know, you want to be, this is our time to show who we really are it, it, with a face mask or without a face mask. You will be remembered for your interactions. All that to say, guys, remember our service workers and truck drivers, first responders, just treat people like you would be treat want to be treated and just show grace. At the end of the day, just show people grace. Amen. There we go. Absolutely. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Mojo, take us out. Hey, guys. Appreciate you guys tuning in once again. Love having you guys here on Facebook Live. So, uh, if you're watching us from one of our shared apps or shared pages, or if you're uh, just tuning in for the first time, happen to catch our page, please subscribe to our page, Southern Fry Philosophy, on our Facebook. 
Um, you can also find us on our website, southernfryphilosophy.com. You do have our playable links there. Uh, Producer Brian does an excellent job of putting our show notes on there. Um, also, you can check out his podcast, the Southern Fry um, Headlines, which is available, what, seven days a week now, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always there. You can listen to it as many times you want to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, please, please go check those out. Um, check us out on the Twitter's Instagram, SFP Radio. I want to hit uh, remind us of our, our Patreon link, patreon.com forward slash radio uh we don't raise funds just for selfish purposes i mean i, I want to give a shout out to big and we had a call to donate and raise money um that our my motorcycle shop did for operation decisive victory with uh tintu and donna who were on our previous episode and big and made the call um from the sfp family to donate funds that we raised through patreon to donate to this organization to help out vets so we don't necessarily keep that and we don't go out and eat steak dinners because restaurants just open back up but um it, we don't raise these funds just for selfish purpose you know things so i, I want to give a shout out to that link because we actually built up a little war chest and then um but also wherever you list your podcast go there hit southern pride philosophy subscribe give us a rating review and lastly if you're not an organ donor now's the time dmv offices are opening back up you can squeeze in there after a six-hour waiting list and sign up as a donor. Um, if you're going to go register as a voter, you might as well register as a donor because they're pretty much one and the same. But, um, yeah, I just appreciate you guys every week for co- tuning in. Oh, by the way, I think it's like our four-year anniversary yep. almost, right? Yeah. Okay. We're getting close to it. We should probably throw a party. Is it is a social distance party or it's can we do this together? I think, listen, I've asked you guys to come over to the house. Um, and party with us, but man, I'm I game. Any response back, so I'm game. <laughs> Guys, again, thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, keep looking up.